Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Hi, Jimmy. How are you? Hi, Tyler. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm really good. <laughs> Lauren prefaced this recording by saying that she was going to play the villain, and I was not prepared for exactly <laughs> what that meant. <laughs> I think Pepper's in on it, too. The podcast ruiners. Oh, boy. But I'm good. I'm good. Otherwise, thank you for your... Fiddle um... me fee, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for... I shall ruin your podcast. It doesn't take much. By making obnoxious noise in the background. I mean, this podcast is basically on a knife's edge. <laughs> as it is. <laughs> in terms of quality. In terms of... Qu- <laughs> air quotes, quality. <laughs> Um, but thank you for thank you for putting up with me whilst I was in America. Yeah, making it diffi- more difficult to record podcasts instead of less difficult, despite us being in the same country. I know. I know. Well, it's see that that's literally the thing, flying like, around the world closer to me, but it was more we couldn't podcast. It it was it's such a like these these work it's because they don't have internet in minnesota no apparently not actually is the weird thing um but just lakes going to these work things is always hilarious because it's like we get like almost 300 people in one space all trying to use the internet simultaneously to do their jobs and it's like "Mm, um i don't know how this is gonna work i don't know like we're in a space that's not really built for this (laughs) that reminds me of when um was it last year? Yeah, last year during the solar eclipse, mm-hmm. I was camping in Madras with my family, and it was like one of the part places in Oregon that had the most people congregating to it because there's so many campgrounds and places around. Uh, so I was on my phone to get internet that whole time, right? And um, like the few days leading up to it were fine, sure. But the night before, it was completely unusable because like. Probably a hundred thousand more people than usual were trying to use the tiny little dinky cell tower that they oh, had there. Oh, sure, yeah, of course. And so I was on less than dial-up speeds, oh. just trying to do anything. Yeah. You know, that's why I feel like we should all just go and and live in the remote live in the remote corners of the world, have a a weak ass Wi-Fi signal that we're happy with, and uh, just leave it at that. One person per router law. <laughs> uh, a router in every pot. <laughs> Wait, no, don't put it in there. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, okay, if it's an empty pot, depending on the makeup of the pot, you know, is it a is it an aluminum oh, yeah. pot? Maybe that'll improve you your could, signal. You could use it as a cantenna. Right, exactly. A pot tenna. <laughs> that'll sell really well in California. Pot tennas. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Anyway, I'm sorry that we were closer and yet further apart. I'm glad that we are now further apart, but closer. I could not wait to be a country away from you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Trying to parse that last sentence. And I'm, I'm glad that we're, uh, I'm glad that we're able to make the podcast again. Uh, did you watch anything, uh, particularly special during our, during our break? Uh, not a whole lot. Most of my time has been spent either packing or working. Um, or playing Breath of the Wild DLC. I finally got, I beat all the shrines, and I got the uh, Master Cycle Zero. Yeah, boy! And I've been terrassing around Hyrule, uh, running over foxes and deer and things. Oh, Jesus. It's great. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. (laughs) The animal AI does not move fast enough to get out of the way when you're on the Master Cycle. (laughs) That's not its fault, Jimmy. (laughs) Are you at least leaving it at the side of the road? Like... (laughs) 
No, I go back and get that good meat. That's good hunting meat. Well, Just run over it with your motorcycle. I mean, I, I guess that's a more sustainable your option. I don't know. I'm still uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Can you, can't you use that same meat to like as fuel? You just drop it in the tank. Yeah. It's like a Mr. Fusion. Yeah, imagine if you could run your entire car off of roadkill, and that's what the Master Cycle Zero is doing. Lauren, Sorry, what is that brand of uh, English chips? Full well Sorry, crisps. that we were recording a podcast and pulls out the crinkliest bag with the crunchiest snack. Is that um, a spear? Hold, hold it up. Hold, hold it up for Jimmy. This is, this is what's known Twiglets. as a twiglet. Twiglets. Uh, let me read the back of the box here. Crunchy, 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 savory whole wheat snacks, totally original. Entertain your senses. Only Twiglets give you that distinctive knobbly shape combined with a zingy taste and crunchy bite for all-round sensual satisfaction. <laughs> I know, I've never read this before. It's, it's all in the way we make it. We bake it for a light and crunchy bite. British advertising is buck wild. That sounds absolutely insane. It's, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold the mic away here because I do really want to eat this. <laughs> you know, usually when I eat something to entertain my senses, it has a much higher THC content. <laughs> oh, I thought that joke was going a very different direction. Um, <laughs> Have you seen the Mr. Bean sketch with Twiglets, where he is having a there's party a what no, and he puts all the Twiglets out, and then he's like snacking on them and then right before the party he realizes that he's eaten all the twiglets and so he just goes outside and breaks a bunch of branches off of a tree is, is this, this a real thing? <laughs> yeah are they like a like a national staple kind of i've never heard of these before so so what are they flavored in marmite so if you don't like marmite you will not like twiglets they're flavored in marmite okay yeah yeah, yeah. so picture like um <sighs> How to describe this? Picture a Cheeto that's gone bad. <laughs> picture, sure. Picture a Cheeto, but it tastes like the the burnt pieces of steak left in the pan after you pan fry a steak. So okay, so here's what you do. You are not selling this national <laughs> staple. Here's what you do. No, no, no. This is. The I point. mean, I've heard about British cooking, but damn. No, really, that's exactly it. That's how it got to be a national staple. Picture a handful of stale Cheetos. Put them in a frying pan and coat them in soy sauce and burn them a little bit. And that's basically what you've got here. And we cannot stop eating them. We buy them like six bags at a time. Oh, my God. Do you need me to send you like Cheetos or like Reese's Puffs or something? No, that's the thing, Jimmy. We can't eat those. Lauren and I are both dairy averse and you know this. Oh, that's true. This is all we have. And I'm worried Honestly, that we're out crunching it. the podcast. <laughs> this podcast was canceled due to crunchiness. <laughs> Undue crunching. I think I, can, I think we can hear you eat them. Is the problem? I'm sorry, yeah, folks. We okay. we've been canceled due to unanticipated crunching. Okay, now I've, I've gotten that hit. Is the thing? Hang on. Stop it! We have to record this, Tyler. People want their damn content. We are content creators. I think we're just marketing for the wrong audience. (laughs) This This is terrible content. Twiglets Twiglets are amazing. Um, Our metrics are going to tank. It's time? It's time. 
It's time to talk about Twiglets. Lawrence, oh God. Lauren's been doing the the podcast intro as a joke recently, <laughs> but then I start playing the Jimmy role, and that it just makes all it's so it's so very strange. Okay, for real this time. It's time Hi. to put up podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Tyler, video recap podcast. I can't yesterday. stress this enough. Don't role play as me with your girlfriend. <laughs> Jimmy, I'm telling you, I'm trying. <laughs> okay, can we talk about the podcast now? <laughs> I'm Jimmy. I'm Jimmy. Get that, Tyler? <laughs> This week, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 12, The Master Magicians, Part 2. Jimmy, did you actually watch anything? I want to talk about this before we talk about the episode. Did you watch anything besides Yu-Gi-Oh! this last week? Yes, I went to our good friend Garrett's house. Uh, We watched It Chapter 1. I'm sorry, you watched what Chapter 1? It. The Scary Clown Movie. Oh, I just, I just was like, oh, he watched it. What did he watch? <laughs> it's a joke that's much funnier in my head, I think. But you watched the first chapter of the scary, scary doc, uh, uh, St- Stephen King movie. Yes. And I think we came to the conclusion that it's not really a horror movie. It's an adventure movie with horror elements. It's not actually uh, all that scary. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Um... I'm gonna. Mm-hmm, okay. See, my tolerance for scary is very low. Mm-hmm. You could tell me, uh, oh, uh, that Care Bear killed a man, and I will be scared <laughs> for a very long time. Um, that's actually probably even setting the bar too high. You could tell me that Care Bear, and I would be scared for a very long time. <laughs> um, how did you? How did you like? Uh, IT chapter one. <laughs> the IT crowd chapter one. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> the scariest. I mean it's a good movie. Okay. It's just that um like knowing Pennywise's deal that it's just this like entity that takes different shapes in order to scare these kids. Oh spoilers, makes it Jesus less Christ. Scary. No, it's only Lauren's very concerned about spoilers for chapter two, but I've, I've well, spoilers for this movie that came out like last year or two years ago. Yeah. For based a book... off a book that came out decades ago. <laughs> right. Exactly. That Lauren has read at least once. Uh, okay. So cool. So, but it's good. Yeah, it's good. I enjoyed it. Nice. Uh, but like all the time, the scares, like, especially in the first half of the movie, Pennywise is like, oh, what's this kid scared of? I know I'll be a kid who's who doesn't have a head, and I'll be like, ah, like that's not scary. What you're describing is a bogart. <laughs> I feel like, in a way, that's what 
the show Yu-Gi-Oh does to us every week. Oh, what's going to bore these two dipshits? Uh, (laughs) Dual blades. uh, uh, Deadly energy discs. (laughs) The freaking discs. Uh, Um, Sam, I I watched It, and we also watched the first two episodes of Dr. Stone. Have you heard of this? I saw this on your notes, and that's what I was going to ask about. I have never heard of this. Okay, apparently it's fairly new. Uh, I think it's on like Crunchyroll. It's an anime about um, there's this event that that's set in the modern day, and then there's this event that turns all humans in the world to stone. Oh, at once. Okay, like a and giant then, Medusa-ing. There, there's a a vast and total um, Midas touch, medusa Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, and then, like thousands of years later, um, at, like society has obviously like gone to hell. All the buildings have collapsed. Everything is reduced to like well, there, the Stone Age. There wouldn't be any society, right? Because it's all people. Yeah, it's okay. all all the people okay. are stone. All the remnants of civilization have eroded away, and all the children um, are above average. Uh, <laughs> continue. Welcome to Lake Stone Begun. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for picking up that turd of a joke and running with it. <laughs> um, but one of the one of the people, like the stone, cracks, mm-hmm. and he he's a high school student, and the stone breaks, and he is awakened from being in this stone state. Okay, it was just like a shell that formed around him, and he's just wandering around in the wilderness and finds one of his like. Uh, high school buddies who has also woken up after all this time but was a complete science nerd and is like starting to rebuild like the rudiments of society like basic survival needs hmm okay and they find this um basically magic elixir that they make from like bat guano that has the ability to revert people from stone and so they are like gradually the the plot of this series as far as i've seen it is them basically restarting society waking people up uh who they think are going to be good at helping them like rebuild society so they can like bring back more and more people and like make sure there's enough food and how they can like make gunpowder and like crossbows Hmm. and stuff okay yeah huh it was pretty neat i've only seen two episodes but i liked them Nice. Why not? No, I've never heard of that, so I'll have to I'll have to look that up. That sounds like um it sounds like one of those shows that's like uh I'm trying to think there's there was one on like TNT or something a couple of years back, but it's one of those that's probably gonna be like a slow burn and then you get like lost style tribes. Probably. I'm into it. I'm into it. Yeah. Nice. I've been watching the exact opposite of this. Uh, which is, so I, I've been at a, a work convention for the last week in Minnesota, uh, the which far means... far off land of Minnesota. Oh, I've heard tale of Minnesota. Um, I have been watching hotel television, hotel television, if you will. Uh, I will, which, which is really the only time that I get to watch Food Network anymore. Uh, oh, yeah. and HGTV. So I have been watching a lot of Fixer Upper <laughs> uh, with uh, with Chip and Joanna Gaines. 
the down-home couple who just wants to help people uh, uh, fix up their homes. That's not their accent. That's the accent of a different couple that I've been watching whose names I've forgotten. Um, but I've been watching a lot of good Christian television where people <laughs> whose faith in Jesus helps them build houses uh, for people whose faith in Jesus has not helped them build houses. Um but has in fact put them in a position where they might need some fixing on their house. Well, you know, I don't know that I don't know that the love of uh, that sweet baby Jesus has put them in that position necessarily. But boy, it, it sure did help connect them with the right people whose uh, whose whose uh, good good. Uh, you don't think God helps. is punishing them by rotting their floorboards? Uh, no, actually. So in a lot of cases, God has blessed them with good floorboards that happen to be hidden under several layers of carpet. Carpet. Yep. Yeah, right? That happens in basically every episode of these things. I love these shows. Like, I make fun of of, of them now just largely because they take places in they, they take place in places where, like, church life is still very strong, and that's a part of my life that I'm, like, attempting to distance myself from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But honestly, like, I keep going back to them because it's just so comforting. Like, it's the same reason I come back to this show, right? Like, it's a comfort blanket for me. And it's so nice to watch, like, these nice people do a nice thing for other nice people in a set structure where there's always going to be that question of, like... Oh, is is this attic gonna be usable? Can we can we uh, will these floors get done in time? And like, yes, of course, the attic is gonna be beautiful. It's gonna be your third bedroom. Your daughter's gonna live there with this magical fairy tale campsite that these people are making. And like, yes, of course, the floor is gonna be beautiful. They built it in the 1920s, and it's got this cool pattern, and it's this wood that you can't find in the area anymore. And like, it just, I love that they always keep going back to this sort of shit. Um, because it's like low stress television for me. <laughs> uh, we've also been watching, speaking of low stress, we've been watching some high stress television, which I think is why I miss this so much, why I miss HGTV so much. We realized that maybe the most important film of the year is coming out. It's oh, it's out. Sorry, sorry. It's not, it's out tomorrow in the States. Godzilla King of the Monsters? Oh. It's been out for full days here. Uh, Downton Abbey the movie, uh, the 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 uh, cinematic uh, event of the decade, really maybe the century, uh, is is out now in uh, in Europe and the UK, uh, and and will be out tomorrow in the United States. Uh, we realize we have not finished watching uh, all. Is it six seasons? Seven seasons? Six seasons of Downton Abbey the television series because it. Uh, was not available on Amazon Prime for a while. It was it was available for a bit, and then it wasn't available, mm-hmm. and now it's finally available again uh, on the UK Amazon Prime. So we are rewatching that. Uh, well, now now we're watching new episodes. So we so we rewatched sort of the first season, kind of got caught up, uh, and now we're on season three, uh, and we are just trying as hard as we can to finish this goddamn show before the movie is out of theaters. And I don't know if we're gonna make it. Um, I believe in but you. But to the point where we've set up our projector, you know, I, I got this like tiny ass little projector for our, our mm-hmm. living room. We've set it up in our bedroom in such a way that we can watch it whilst lying in bed. It's like projected up on the I ceiling. I saw that on Lauren's story. Uh, it's maybe the smartest thing I have ever done in my life because it's really nice. <laughs> uh, and uh, so, yes, yeah, so we've been watching that uh, basically any free moment that we can. Uh, I actually feel bad for doing this podcast because it means that that is time that we can't watch the show. 
<laughs> so let's hurry this thing up. Um, but that's what we've been watching recently. All right. Do we, do we want to talk about a Yu-Gi-Oh episode now? Let's talk about a Yu-Gi-Oh. Episode. Can you tell I'm trying to put it off? Well, it's we time. Can talk about projectors more if you want. No, okay, I remember let's one do that. time at my old apartment, I tried. Um, I saw a comment on Reddit that was like, "Hey, I've got a great idea. Why don't we just have projectors hooked up to like your Kindle or whatever, so you can read a book on your ceiling while lying in bed?" Oh, hot and damn! I was like, yeah. Wait a minute, I have a projector. I can try that. And so I tried it. Uh, as it turns out, it's probably a good idea. Less of a good idea if your projector is like ten years old. Or at least, like, mm, yeah. Yeah, this is that projector that you got that uh, George Fox is giving away for free. Oh, right. it was so, too old to function in the classrooms anymore. Yeah, it, it's a projector from, like, no later than 1989. It's very yeah, old. It has VGA adapters. Right. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that probably isn't the best, like, uh, like a book reading resolution, I would guess. Not the best resolution, and also it sounds like a jet engine next to my bed, so it's kind of unusable if you're having <laughs> right. to have a nice, quiet book read. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the point is that you tried. Uh, I See, I like that idea a lot, but I feel like I already struggle to like put in the reading time that being able to read in bed would just put me to sleep more quickly like being able to read with like a large sort of projected screen would just put me to sleep because it'd have to be so dark yeah yeah it would just be like dark and warm and like oh look at those big look at those big friendly letters up there oh i bet those say some cool things oh well <laughs> yeah um i that was just a an anecdote that i had about projectors jimmy it was a good anecdote i appreciate it <laughs> Uh, but let's talk about this episode now. Let's talk about this episode. It's time to discuss the episode. Jimmy, I'm going to tell you the one thing I'm excited for in this episode, and that is the goddamn translated title. I was it's, just looking at this. I, I'm excited for you to talk about it. It's the fucking multi-parters that really disappoint me in English, right? Because so this this trio of episodes is called the Master of Magicians. So we're in Master of Magicians Part Two. Master of Magicians on its own is fine the first time. <laughs> Master of Magicians is a good episode title. Part two, part three, eh, not so much. In the Japanese, each episode gets a unique title. So the translated version of the Japanese title of this episode is Black Magic of the Soul. Ooh. Which really just like... Oh, it just sounds like a, something like James Earl Jones should be reading, right? Or like Morgan Freeman. Black magic of the soul. Oh, so good. Uh, the episode summary is it's less exciting. Soup of the soul for witches. Ooh, I like that. I'd buy that book. Uh, the, the summary is, is less exciting, though. The summary says... It's Dark Magician versus Dark Magician. However, while Yami Yugi only controls one Dark Magician, Arcana has three residing in his deck. Yami Yugi will never give up as long as he believes in the heart of the cards. This is like, such a middle episode that even the summary doesn't go out of its way to get you excited. For like, <laughs> right. here, here's the exciting conclusion to the story. No, it's just Yami. They just ran out of things to say about this episode, and we're like, uh, Yami Yugi will never give up because he believes in the heart of the cards. 
that's his thing. They just plucked that from like the summary for the television show, right? Yeah. Like that's part of the core plot. <laughs> uh, and then and then the dark magician, the dark, dark magician versus dark magician thing. Like that's from the last episode. Yeah. They're just like, hey, remember that thing that was happening? Still going. And they drop a point. A point here. Arcana has three dark magicians residing in his deck. That doesn't come up at all during this episode. No. He just also, uses his one dark magician. Right, exactly. Also, like, what, it doesn't... What, like, are, is, this a, is this a long spoiler? Or is this a long build-up to, like, oh, shit, there, there they are. They're the other two. Oh, damn, he said he did, and he does. This guy has more than of that thing than this other guy. Oh, no. Oh, no. Master uh, Chief only has one needler, but the Arbiter has three needlers. And it's like... Who cares? How's he holding the third needle? (laughs) His mouth. Oh, there it is. There it is. See, I've been thinking about Borderlands 3 because that just came out. That's what we need in Borderlands 3. We need somebody who can hold three guns. (laughs) I can picture it now what that would look like. It would be if, like, it was an enemy. Mm -hmm. It would be, um, like, you know the guy in um, Total Recall who has, like, the baby growing out of his chest? Yeah, 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 yeah. It would be like that, except it would be like a giant hulking um, psycho, and then there'd be like a little tiny psycho holding, com- popping out of his chest with like a little Tommy gun. Oh, see, I'm so glad you said chest, because my guess was going to be about a half meter lower. No. <laughs> That's the worst place you want to be. Old, old Tommy gun dick. <laughs> uh, anyway. They're conjoined twins joined at the dick. It's oh, a, real, a real tragedy. It's like a Chinese finger trap down there. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, so, moving on. Uh, the the recap of the last episode, though, I, I, I do want to comment on, because it's been a bit, you know, since we've watched yeah. an episode. I feel like every week we take off feels like a month to me. It feels I don't think so I've talked long. to you in over a year. It It's so <sighs> crazy that it's only been, like, just one one week's difference. I mean, uh, but, you've been traveling and I've been packing to move, so there's like a weird time dilation going on. But In, in a lot of ways. But the, the recap was, A, pretty helpful, actually, uh, in, in ways that other recaps aren't. And it had this kind of like Saturday morning cartoon logic to it that I don't know that I really paid attention to when we watched the episode in real time. Uh, it, I can't quite put my finger on it, but there was something about the way that the recap was structured that felt like... Like a typical G.I. Joe cartoon or like an old episode of the Transformers cartoon. Did you ever watch that? No. So like the original Transformers cartoon. Beast Wars. Oh, well, okay. You watched the better one. Uh, The original Transformers cartoon had this crazy pace to it where it was just like action scene, action scene, action scene, action scene, action scene, revelation, action scene, action scene, action scene, climax, end. And it was like. So it was at a constant sprint. So the logic of each episode was just trying to build off of the last crazy thing that happened. And it keeps going. So it's like Megatron has escaped. Megatron has has, uh, stolen the cyber core. The cyber core is what powers all Autobots. The Autobots must combine to to become the ultimate Autobot, the Ultabot. Uh, Oh, no. Uh, Megatron has used the cyber core to blend all the Decepticons into the Ultra Decepticon, the the Desultricontament. 
and and it just like the keeps building and building and building. Yes, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and that was uh, three minutes. No, um, so the, the recap is so that thing because it's like. I have lured you into this secret plan. I am a crazy illusionist. Uh, I control, I'm a master of illusion, and that means that I have the dark magician, and I will capture you in this tent, and the tent has manacles and uh, dark energy discs, and the dark energy disc will take away your life points, and a uh, dark magician is going to attack, but not because I have the dark magician, and, and it just like keeps going and going and going and going and yeah. going and escalating, 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 and then you get to the end of it, and you're like, <gasps> <sighs> episode. Ah, yes, the episode. And then that same thing happens, but slower. Right. (laughs) Because it's basically the same, all the same stuff in this episode as last episode, I thought. Kind of. And I actually appreciated the nod to that in the episode where Yugi begins the episode by effectively saying, how about we stop? Maybe (laughs) we end this. Can we not have, how about we don't? Let's just not do this, this stupid duel. Uh, I didn't write down the line because it's genuinely not important. But he basically says something to you, effective like, "Why, what, why are we doing any of this?" Like, if you have me trapped, why would you rig this duel to also be like having these discs that are going to send your soul to the shadow realm? Right. Exactly. It's like, okay, you, you've already lured me here. I'm the. I'm dummy. already stuck here in the wall. Just kill me and get it over with, and. Don't feel the need to lock yourself in the same weird contraption. Uh, and he points out again, like, Arcana, Arcana, Arcana. Arcana, I think. I feel like they say it differently every time, but Arcana, we'll say, is already below half his life points from the last episode. Uh, and Yugi reminds him, like, hey, if your life points drop down to zero, your mind is going to be sent to the Shadow Realm by this crazy-ass dark energy disc that you've set up. To which Arcana replies, my mind? Never. <laughs> In my good Christian mind. Um, Could never go to the Shadow Realm. And then he reminds Yugi that every good magician, or rather, no, he, he reminds just us, the audience, it's an internal monologue. Uh, that every good magician has... Yeah, even has... in his own internal monologue, I want to point out, is in his crazy accent. Oh, he's just so excited. He's, you know... He's a crazy He's, magician. You, you you get you get what you see. Uh, Batman, can you solve my riddles? Oh God, he is a Batman villain. Is the thing. He reminds us that every good magician has a final trick, meaning he has also seen the prestige. <laughs> um, can you wh- solve Joker's trick? Lauren pointed out that the Arcana costume is very definitely like an Evie oddly uh, like drag costume. Uh, I think I you know. may have mentioned this when you were describing his mask last week. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm Googling it. Apparently there's some drama with Evie oddly going on right now. So I don't want to comment on that because I'm not familiar. But if you just do like a Google image search for Evie oddly and look at like the third and fourth pictures... I just realized I have no idea how to spell Evie Oddly. Oh, yeah, it's strange. It's Y-V-I-E-O-D-D-L-Y. I can uh, kind of see it. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of angles happening there, a lot of, a lot of creepy shit. Um, but anyway, yeah, there's something about this guy that's just like, all right, bro, you know, you, you had a good plan. Up until you locked yourself in there, too. 
Uh, this is not a Rorschach scenario. You're definitely locked in here with me. <laughs> it's like if in Saw, uh, the person woke up and like Jigsaw had also put himself into a trap on the other side of the room and he's like, you'd better solve this puzzle or we'll both die. <laughs> it's like, no, why would you do that, Jigsaw? If, if, it's, if it's the same TV thing and it's a picture of Jigsaw, like it's a video of Jigsaw, but then that person who's watching the screen is in the background of the shot. <laughs> uh, we cut away briefly, and I I didn't even bother to put this in like a separate like scene in our notes. There's a real brief shot of Taya and Grandpa searching for Yugi. That uh, I really only wanted to bring in there largely for the notes that you left on this scene. Can you describe what else is happening in this scene? Because Taya and Grandpa are by far not the most interesting thing. They're literally put into this episode, so we're reminded that they exist, I think. I think uh, it's just an object permanence thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, Grandpa and Taya watched Yugi fall through that trap door, and so to solve this problem, they're running all over, over the city trying to find where the trap door could have led to. Instead of, you know, checking the freaking building they were in? Like how... And the buildings near it? How do they think trap doors work? I, I think this is the problem with... You know, in, in season one, we, we sort of stated that, like, Tristan and Taya and Joey have all been exposed to magic, and then their, like, secret ability is that they all understand magic now. Oh, so you think Taya is thinking maybe there was, like, a magic portal or something... Yeah, I think they have magic confirmation bias. I think when something weird happens, they automatically go to magic, portals, teleportation, mystic shit, when really they just had to remember how trapdoors function. <laughs> this is a, a tweet or something that was like uh, Scully from X-Files like going over some, some papers, and she's like, this guy was stabbed like 27 times in the chest it was just a straight up murder and mm-hmm. then Mulder like throws some papers down he's like you ever heard of the knife ghost <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's basically that's basically what's happening here uh but so you had a, you had a note about the domino city like background oh like yeah what's happening and i didn't notice this at first but i'm glad you While brought it up old Taya and grandpa running around there's a they pass through just this basically this huge food cart festival just all the streets are lined with these food trucks in all directions. And, like, that's pretty cool, Domino City. I mean, that makes sense. Like, they have a big influx of duelists right now. Would, uh, they're probably yeah. Kaiba-sponsored. Kaiba-sponsored food trucks. Okay, if Kaiba, instead of running Kaiba Land and, like, the Duel Monsters virtual stuff, if instead Seto and Mokuba ran a food truck, what food would they sell? It would have to be dragon-themed. It would, it would and have the food to, cart obviously. itself would have to be like an airstream trailer to get that metallic sheen to it, right? Where the the front, where the cab looks like a dragon head. Yeah, naturally. Um, let's see what would they be selling though? Probably hot dogs, kind of cut to look like they're they have horns or something. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it looks like dragony. I don't know. Oh, I was trying to think of something like where you would say like not like white meat, but like <laughs> blue eyes, what fo- white meat. Yeah, like what foods have white in the title? Blue eyes, white mocha. It would be blue- a coffee Ooh, stand. Ooh, would be a coffee stand. A blue eyes, white mocha. 
um, a uh, red eyes black coffee, um, a uh, uh, I'm trying to think of what like a flat white. No, okay, yeah, it'd be blue eyes flat white. Um, I'm sure you're getting the weirdest look from Lauren yeah, right now. Yeah, basically. Uh, I, I'm running out of As ideas. As an aside, anyway. the uh, pumpkin cream cold brew is really good. Oh, I am. Mm, I'm really bummed I can't try that. I mean, I could try it, but I would regret it approximately 30 minutes later. Um, so we cut back to the duel. And Arcana plays what Lauren has decided is her favorite card, Mystic Tomato. Mystic Tomato. Uh, that's kind of how he says it, actually. He just kind of rushes through it. He's like, I play Mystic Tomato. Yeah. Uh, because he's ashamed of playing this weird-ass card tomato. on the field. I want to point um, out, I don't think the animators for this scene have ever seen a tomato before in their life. Because he says Mystic Tomato and has uh-huh. a card art for Mystic Tomato. Uh-huh. What gets hologram projected is clearly a jack-o'-lantern. Well, so that's the interesting thing. So now, if you go and you look up Mystic Tomato, uh, there are two versions of the card. There's Attack of the Giant Killer Tomatoes Mystic Tomato, and then there's a Where jack-o'-lantern like the Mystic face. Tomato. Yeah. Nah. I, I mean, clearly oh, the first the one is the tomato. more upsetting one. But the jack-o'-lantern kind of works, too. There's also a tune Mystic Tomato, which How do you I think make it is even tunier. Well, so I it's think the tomato. I think the art is literally just from the television show. Oh, maybe. But yeah, it's not. Mm, I think I think maybe that's what makes it Mystic, is that it's clearly not a tomato. You know, like when they say something's <laughs> got mystery meat and it's tomato. vegan. It's a Mystic Tomato. With a power to turn into a pumpkin. Uh, yeah, sure. That's that's a magic power, right? Uh, it it you you know it's it's fine. Yeah. I strangely don't want to look at the card art for the creepy one, but I can't stop. Oh, at it's it. that one that we had a few weeks ago in the the dual tournament. Yep. It was the the creepy clown it's got, marionette. It's got like a giant tongue. Oh, no, the marionette comes later. Okay. You're thinking of Doll of Demise. Yes. Mystic Tomato has a big old Gene Simmons tongue. Uh, and Oh, you're still looking at Mystic Tomato. I cannot stop looking at Mystic Tomato. I think it's haunting me now. I think I'm being haunted. Its eyes follow me. Is that a bad sign? (laughs) You've been haunted by Mystic Tomato. Oh, man, there's like a holographic Mystic Tomato. Uh-huh, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> and it looks exactly like um, a sticker you would get in the 90s out of those vending machines that they have at, like, Chuck E. Cheese or, like, pizza stores. Oh, that's a, yeah, that's exactly this aesthetic. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen this on a pog. <laughs> well, you know, I think I think that was kind of the uh, kind of the look at the time. Um. <laughs> uh. So I okay. So Yugi says something along the lines of like Arcana's Mystic Tomato is a, a weak defense or I'm something. Just glad we're getting into these weird named cards so we can hear Yugi's like totally serious voice actor say stuff like that. Arcana's Mystic Tomato is a weak defense. <laughs> uh. 
So he summons Beta the Magnet Warrior, which is definitely not a weird name either, uh, and attacks. It's our boy, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm just commenting. Like, okay, if we're talking about like things that sound normal in a normal voice, Beta the Magnet Warrior is not one of them. Uh, so Beta the Magnet Warrior attacks, but that activates Arcana's trap card, which is called Dark Renewal. Uh, Dark Renewal, uh, I guess, stops an attack, grabs the attacking and the defending monster, and sacrifices them so that they can summon a card from the graveyard. So Arcana uses this to get rid of uh, Mystic Tomato. So long, farewell. Uh, we hardly knew yeah, you. Yeah, the tomato. R.I.P. Beta and Tomato. Oh my God. They both get sucked <laughs> into this like coffin, which then like chews them up a little bit. And then it opens in this beam of light to reveal the evil dark magician that we've seen earlier. Which honestly is what I want my coffin to do. <laughs> right? To reveal your shining new body? Yeah, like I, I want like, okay, so the funeral's happening and uh, it's, it's uh, y- you know, it's, it's like closed casket or whatever. Maybe it's open casket, right? So they see me in there, they get proof. And then the casket closes and the whole coffin kind of collapses and, and, and stretches and stuff. It goes, om, nom, nom. Uh, and then, and then the whole thing lifts up and then opens up with a blinding light. Uh, and then like a, like a Ryan Gosling ask, like handsome magician steps out. <laughs> Ta-da. Ta-da. Uh, I anyway, saw a tweet so now- yesterday that was like, I hope my, uh, I hope my funeral has merch. <laughs> <laughs> My funeral would have some pretty good merch, I think. I think I, think I could get into that. Uh, so, okay, so Dark Magician... I went to Jimmy's funeral, and all I got was a stupid t-shirt. <laughs> I'll start printing those up. Um, oh, God, that got dark. No, I, I'll, I won't start printing those up. It's going to be a while. But I will make a note. I'll put it in a order. All right. Um, all right, so uh, so now Arcana's Dark Magician is on the field, as well as Yugi's Dark Magician. Uh, we are now uh, just a just a couple of Trade Federation viceroys here, Jimmy. This is getting out of hand. Now there are two, two of, of them. them. <laughs> uh, so Yugi decides that now is the time to uh, play strategically, uh, and he plays two cards face down. They're still coming through. Uh, Arcana decides that this is the time to match Yugi move for move and does the exact same thing. Plays two Where cards face down. Where are those cars? I regret this every <laughs> passing moment. Uh, Yugi plays another card face down. So now he has three cards face down. And Arcana does the same. Huh, interesting. Uh, so Yugi plays a fourth card face down. And Jimmy, I'm going to have you guess, what do you think Arcana does here? He also plays a card face down? He does. He does. He plays. It's unbelievable, Jimmy. He plays. I can't. I've never seen it before in my life. He plays another card face down. Tyler, I'm so glad that the show is doing this because this is what literally every episode sounds like when we're recapping it. Yugi plays a card. Then this guy plays a card. Then Yugi plays a card. And this guy plays a card. This is what watching soccer feels like to me. F- football, pardon me, Lauren. Lauren corrected me here. So this is what watching football feels like to me. Uh, it, especially if you're watching it in like a pub or something where everyone's cheering and you're just like, oh, look, that guy kicked the ball. 
Oh, that other guy in different colored clothing kicked the ball. Huh. How about that? Oh, there goes that ball again, getting kicked. Boy, people really don't like this ball, huh? <laughs> Fuck that ball. Fuck that ball. Uh, but yeah, I'm really glad the, that the episode is kind of on our page of like, we know this shit doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just play everything face down. It's literally, I think, just to get a whole bunch of cards out so Yugi and this guy can do crazy stuff again. Yeah, it's kind of the long wind-up, right? It's just setting uh, us up real fast for entertainment. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is uh, this is uh, uh, foreplay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, we, we finally get to the point where they can't put any more cards face down, so Arcana plays... Uh, a card called Mystical Guillotine uh, on Yugi's Dark Magician. Uh, at which point, Lauren said something along the lines of, you can't keep calling things mystical. That doesn't give them actual magic. <laughs> uh, if everything's mystical, nothing is. Uh, but Mystical Guillotine grabs Yugi's Dark Magician with some like chains, some manacles, some, yeah. some pincers, uh, and it straps them to a... Uh, that's what guillotines are, are known guillotines for. guillotines mystical? If we're being honest with ourselves. Uh, huh. I'm saying yes. You know, I never thought of it before. And I think the thing that I'm most grateful for is that I've never had to think about that before. <laughs> I think you're right. We'll say that you're right, just so we can move on. Um, so, so mystical guillotine grabs Yugi and magician. its pincers, that famous implement that guillotines have, you know, uh, and <laughs> that's how they chop the head off with the pincers. <laughs> right. And I was so confused. I was like, did he play a second card and didn't announce it? Like that doesn't, that's not how you play Yu-Gi-Oh. You can't just play a card. Uh, you have to tell your opponent everything it does in detail. Right. And then tell the card to do that thing. Uh, so the, the mystical guillotine uses the pincers to strap Dark Magician down underneath the titular guillotine. Uh, and it, it it all looks bleak for our dark hero, uh, but Yugi then plays Magical Hats, which is not Mystical Hats. I think that might be a different card. <laughs> uh, but Magical Hats, as we all know, hides uh, the target card under a bunch of hats, and then the opponent has to guess which hat they're hiding under. So a bunch of hats appear under this guillotine and magic the Dark Magician away to not under the guillotine. <laughs> the guillotine blade falls and like chops one of the hats in half. So it's just like the two halves of a top hat sitting there for a second <laughs> before they go poof. Right. Uh, and then <laughs> so Arcana plays seeing this happen. Uh, now, now the three magical hats are out. Uh, Arcana plays a thousand knives, <laughs> which, as you might guess, I, is a thousand knives. Right, does what it says on the tin. Uh, you know, I'm really glad that we're, <laughs> we're finally getting direct with our card names. Uh, a thousand knives come out to pierce, I guess, literally every hat. Yeah, uh, I think that's what it does. I think it attacks everything on the field. I think uh, there's a quick line where Arcana says, "With these thousand." knives they can like magically see where your your uh dark magician is or something like that yeah that was the part i didn't quite understand because what you get in the shot is 
a thousand knives appear around Arcane as Dark Magician, uh, all pointed at Yugi. And then you see the, the thousand hats, and then you get, like, an x-ray. So you yeah. see the sort of x-ray outline of Dark Magician, and it's like, wait a second, are these are these x-ray knives? I mean, really, what is an x-ray but a million little knives? <laughs> very, very small knives. Electron-sized knives. Right. Think about that next time you're getting an x-ray, folks. Whoa. Uh... But anyway, so it does the thousand knife thing, and it goes to attack all the. Um, yeah, Dark Magician hats. does this like Shiru can throw. He had like four knives in each of his hand and like throw them. Yeah, that that was the other thing I didn't quite understand about this is when he first plays the cards, the knives are just floating there. Mm-hmm. They don't need physical interaction to be thrown. But Dark Magician just decides, hey, you know what would look cool? What if I threw some of these fucking <laughs> what knives? What if I threw a bunch of knives? But he's also surrounded by a bunch of knives that all move at the same time as he throws them. I think he it's, just does it to be cool. It's like if you took that scene in The Matrix where Neo stops the bullets and then he like grabs one out of the air. Like, what if you continued that scene and then he just like fucking throws one of the bullets back? <laughs> he just chucks a bullet at them. Right. Yeah. Like no no magical powers yeah. or anything. Just a just a throw. <laughs> His superpower is throwing bullets in bullet time. They call him the human <laughs> gun. And like in slow motion, you just see him like picking up bullets and going, eh. Jimmy, I think we've just written my next D&D character. <laughs> the bullet thrower. Uh, so, okay. So the thousand knives are, are in okay, transit. So just be a bag full of bullets. You just scoop out a handful. You're at like, like you're at the Lego shop and you just chuck them. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, that would be an effective real life thing to do if you're at the Lego shop, because then you've got caltrips at the end of it. That's true. That would actually work if you're trying to stop people. Uh, Hey, unpopular opinion. Zombie apocalypse? Go to the Lego store. Hot take. (laughs) Yeah, zombies Uh, are famous for going ow when they step on things. (laughs) I'm just saying, it wouldn't hurt. (laughs) I mean, it would hurt. Uh, But anyway... So we're not quite done yet with this weird back and forth because Yugi counters a thousand knives with curse breaker, which cancels all other magic cards. So Yugi's literally going, okay, you know what? I've had enough of this magic shit. It's called a draw. So both dark magicians are left. This is no magic what it's happened. like in magic when two players are both playing blue and they're just canceling each other's shit all the time and it, like all the spells stack up. That's all this is. That's literally all this is. It's just a bunch of waiting and then uh, it's sort of a disappointing release. Uh, like a like a prog rock concert. <laughs> um, and uh, so both Dark Magicians then attack simultaneously because I think we've just forgotten whose turn it is. Um, both Arcana and Yugi are shouting their like commands of like Dark Magician attack now, Dark Magic attack, like simultaneously. In unison. Uh, Lauren was very confused at this point, wondering how they both knew which thing to yell at the right time. Uh, which is a good a good question. I I didn't realize that there was like a script that was on each card. <laughs> when but you that play might be this a fun card, game. you must yell. Uh, what was that stupid one that the dragon used a bunch of episodes ago? That the dragon? Oh, Noxious Nostril Gust. 
Oh, and it's like yes. to use this card, you must yell no- noxious nostril gust at the top of your lungs. That'd be a really interesting version of like Cards Against Humanity, where you have to shout the words on the card. I think there's some uh, decks in Magic that do something similar. That use because you know the unset decks, the releases of yes. cards that are all jokes. Oh yeah 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 okay. There's some that are like. To play this card, you have to yell it at the top of your lungs and that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm into that. Or like, I'd play a whole game of that. There's this one that was like, uh, talk to your friend, uh, find someone nearby, and have them play a game with you, like in this round, before continuing on. Um, I think I think we can make a full game of this. Like, what if there was a game that was like Yu-Gi-Oh, right? Where like, in order to play a monster, you have to like sing a yankee doodle uh or 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 read this like chant right and it's something ridiculous like uh you know our powers combined we are captain planet uh and like to counter spell you have to stand up and do the macarena right boy you thought combat in D D was tedious wait till you get a load of this <laughs> I, well because then i'm just thinking like you could build decks around various dance moves you could have a fully choreographed deck what you want is a card game crossed with ddr i think i do <laughs> i think that's what i'm saying you'd have that to dance really cool. in different ways to do different combos right well so so there's this phenomenon now of like roguelike deck builders right where you have uh like a, a set deck of cards that you're sort of constantly improving on as you go through this dungeon what if you had a set deck of cards that you played a certain number of them in a certain order, and those became the steps in DDR, which were in turn your spells. Whoa. And the more the more complex steps were the, the higher level spells, and you defeat monsters. This has got to be a game already. I can't be the first person to come up with this. Man, pro gamers in that would be, like, ripped as hell. Or they would just like, be the people that play on keyboards, Ballerina which is still Lakes. impressive. Yeah, I'm into this. I might make this. That I'm sounds like something this. you I, would make. I don't know. I don't have free time. I'm moving <laughs> next week. Uh, if somebody wants to make this, go ahead. Yeah, there's let's, your idea. Uh, there we go. Let's let's do a game jam in like a few weeks, and uh, it'll all be fun. Um, where were we in the episode? So all that shit just happened. Yeah, both, both dark of the Dark attack. Magicians attack simultaneously, and then they're since they're exactly equal, they just cancel each other out, and both of them die. Womp womp. At that point, I'm thinking, man, that sucked. Like, all right, we're are we are we sure we have another episode here? But then both Yugi and Arcana say, uh, uh, rather play Monster Reborn. Well, they both say it. They both say it. it. I forget what they say. They they say it. Don't spray it. Uh, <laughs> and they yeah they both play Monster Reborn and they both resummon their Dark Magicians, putting us exactly where we left off. Right at the beginning of the episode. So cool. I guess Yugi asks again why they're down here. They're Yugi's like, all right. So so why are we in this weird duel anyway? Right, we're both strapped in. We're both like about to die. Uh, why? Why did we do any of this? We're back at square one. 
Uh, and at that point, Arcano reveals that he is just following orders, and he takes off his mask. Bum, bum, bum. Now, we don't see the face behind the mask, importantly, and I think that's a really good camera decision uh, because we get a flashback. You know what we haven't had in a while, Jimmy? Flashbacks. A good flashback. You know what we don't get in this episode, Jimmy? <laughs> a good flashback? A good flashback. <laughs> uh, we get an all right flashback. We get a mediocre flashback. Uh, so Arcana reveals that he used to be the greatest illusionist since Harry Houdini. My name was Chris Angel. <laughs> uh, and he and was I in love. so many minds. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, he was in love with his assistant because that is the stereotypical magician story. Uh, and in an escape trick, there was a horrible accident. Now, when he said the words horrible accident, Jimmy, did you think that the assistant was going to die? Probably. Yeah. It's got to have his tragic backstory, right? Right. I'm sitting there thinking, oh, no. Oh, the love of his life died in a horrible accident that he's blaming himself for. No, no, no. The horrible accident disfigured his face. Uh, it shows a, a scene of a sort of brief shot of him in, like, a some escape trick above the air, and he falls. Uh, and then it's a shot of him with his face all bandaged, bandaged up. And he decides that he is too ugly for a woman like Catherine, the assistant, to love him, uh, and in this state, sends her away. He drives her away in his, his rage and grief because his life is over, his career is over, which I don't get because if any profession is going to lend itself wear, well to wearing a mask over like the top half of your face, it would be being a magician. Or having burn scars or whatever kind of scar it is. Like... Yeah. You want you want to be you want to look interesting as a magician, right? Like you can't be a like okay. For example, no offense, you or I could not be good magicians because I'm bad at magic. <laughs> well, that, but also I have no look, stage presence. We look fairly, we look and act fairly boring. We have faces for podcasting. <laughs> we both have brown hair. Yeah, right, exactly. Like, not to say that we're unattractive, but we're not, like, magician attractive. We don't have that, that like, je ne sais quoi. That, that manic sort of allure. But you know what would give it to us? Horrible burn scars. <laughs> Kids, if you're listening at home, please, please, please leave your face alone. <laughs> you, don't need, you don't need this to become a magician, but I'm just saying it's probably helping this dude. Just spike your hair. That's what right. everyone else does. Spike your hair, shave your head, get a mohawk, get a tattoo. Uh, strike that last one. Uh, eh, get a tattoo if you want. Um, so he explains that, like, Catherine went away. No, I'm just saying to the children that watch the show, or listen to the show, rather. You know, the, the, the six-year-old market that we really go for. Uh... Oh, yes. Yeah, no, there aren't, there aren't any fucking kids that listen to the show. Uh, if there are, what's up, you cool baby? Um, so... Uh, How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> so, basically, he, just, he sort of describes his, like, descent into depression, which I, I get, like, in, in a way, you know? Okay, yeah. your life has t- taken a sudden turn. This woman that you love has gone away. Um, but he meets Merrick, who, you know, we've met in the show before, is a capital B, capital D bad dude. Um, 
Merrick makes him I'm gonna make you an offer you can't refuse. Um, it makes an offer you can't refuse. Uh, which is effectively along the lines of, and Jimmy, I feel like you've written it here best in our notes. Hey, if you join my cult, I'll brainwash your girlfriend for you. And to which like, Arcana's okay. like, all right, cool. Uh, and, and this is maybe like, I, I should have written this down, but this is maybe the most unfortunate line in the entire episode where Arcana goes, Merrick promised that he could get Catherine back with his Millennium Rod. <laughs> And he keeps saying it. <laughs> He's like, with the power of his millennium rod, he could get any girl. With the mighty power of his rod. But um, no, like, if he, all right, dude. If Arcana joins Merrick's uh, card game cult, he will use this ancient artifact to basically brainwash his girlfriend into liking him again. Right, exactly, because that's the power of the millennium rod is brainwashing. So our, uh, Merrick has said to Arcana, uh, "Bring me the head of Yugi Moto, and I will reward you handsomely." Um, we cut away from the flashback, thank God, uh, as a light turns on, uh, behind a curtain, revealing the silhouette of a woman sitting in a chair, which Arcana says is Catherine. So implying that either she's already mind controlled or she's been kidnapped and tied up either way. I'm not super cool with it. Yeah. Uh, and it's implied that he hasn't seen her either, that, uh, Merrick brought her there as like incentive to duel and win it right right exactly this is like when you can see the iphone in the crane prize or the the claw machine and uh you know it's, you just gotta you just gotta wait you just gotta be patient to get it. you gotta have skill uh so uh, yeah so arcana says uh you know hey it's it's not personal uh it's it's nothing personnel kid um but i i gotta do this thing that this thing being uh, kill you and your eternal soul, chop your legs Not- off in a crazy trap. <laughs> send I'm your sorry, mind to the shadow realm. Send yeah. your soul to the shadow realm. It's not personal. With dark energy uh, discs. Right, right. <laughs> so, uh, Yugi takes this opportunity to remind Arcana to not trust Merrick. Merrick's a bad guy. Don't don't put your trust in bad people. Put your trust in your cards. Uh, you, you gotta, you gotta trust your deck. Don't trust the power of somebody else's rod. <laughs> also, don't join weird cults. What's the matter with you, guy? Lauren, Lauren has pointed out several times that to bring your girlfriend back, you need to trust in the power of your own deck, not some other dude's rod. <laughs> uh, God, this, this, this trilogy of episodes, Jimmy, because like our last episode was just rife with inappropriate uh, 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 musings. I feel like there's something about this trio of episodes. That's really just like one unfortunate phrase. Like this is a, this is a, a, a Tobias Funke of, of trilogies. Yes. Welcome to inappropriate musings. I'm Ira glass. <laughs> This week, I would listen to this podcast. Uh, what do boobs look like? Let's find <laughs> out today on inappropriate musings. On an audio medium. <laughs> I'll describe them to you. Beginning with texture. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. No, we have to move on. We have to move on. We cut to Grandpa and Taya running through the town. Why is Taya still hanging out with Grandpa? 
Who knows? Who knows? And that's literally what this is, this shot is for like five seconds. They run through town. They're still looking for Yugi. Ta-da! We cut to the Kaiba brothers returning to the Kaiba command center. Uh, the, the robot women there tell them still no sign of Yugi, which we know. So, yes. Uh, Kaiba, the brilliant detective, ascertains that because they don't see where Yugi is dueling, he must be dueling somewhere that they can't see. <laughs> this secret duel must be happening secretly. Good job there, Batman. Uh, the computer ladies uh, do some stuff. Uh, I, I don't fully understand this. This is kind of like what you were talking about the other day about uh, when the Jedi have to look for those creatures that are like anti-force by looking for the blank spots in the force. Yeah. Uh, they do that, but for computers somehow. And he tells them to find computers that aren't connected to the internet. He literally says there's specifically computers that are capable of running his like custom card game operating system. Mm-hmm. And then but uh, that aren't but that aren't connected to the the sort of big brother mainframe. Yeah, ones that won't identify themselves to their system. But like how do you do how if if the whole point is so that they won't talk to the system. How is the system identifying them at all? It would just be like, oh, there's not a computer here. I don't know. Also, I don't know how it's even possible for him to run a scan on all computers in the city to find one that has, like, the specs that are right for running this custom card game holographic OS. It's like, right, which, compu- which computers in this city are capable of running Linux? Right, exactly. Like we're getting to the point I'm now. Getting where like, ten million hits, sir. <laughs> oh, a smart fridge has appeared. Ah, Yugi must be dueling in the meat shelf. Yugi loves yogurt. Uh, you know, like we, you and I, are living in a world where, like, um, sorry, what? It was a Brooklyn Nine Nine joke. It was a Brooklyn Nine Nine joke. Thank you for noticing. Um, we're living in a world like you and I. Are, are now in the crazy mixed up future where you can play video games like with your car. Like your car is a controller for a video game. Yeah. Your oven, your smart oven can play doom. Right. So like what computer in the crazy mixed up future that is the world of Yu-Gi-Oh can't run dual monsters. Yeah. It's like what computer is capable of running windows? Like every computer guy. Every computer. There's right. a lot of computers in this city. So we do the so we do the thing. They do the it's scan. Like the, right? I, I think it's something like you know how Steam will list like the system specs necessary for each game. Yeah. And he's just like reverse searching one that has like the is powerful enough to run this like weird this this uh this this game here. It really makes me wonder what the system requirements would be. For a computer like, to run holographic imagery, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, uh, you know, he's running a, a search for every computer uh, that has been registered with like an RTX nine thousand graphics card or whatever. Also, but we don't really get that explanation. No, because it doesn't really matter. It's just techno babble. 
Yeah. What we do get is on the screen, we get, uh, effectively, it's a map of the city with a Hunt for Red October overlay. Mm -hmm. uh, we get the radar sweep. We get, uh, it's like it's like 10 dots at first, right? It's like 10 sort of hits on the search. Uh, These are the 10 and, computers in the city that can run this custom software. Uh, which doesn't make sense to me, because the dual disks can technically do it, right? Like, that's the whole point. Or the dual disks. He says something about how every dual disk, in order to actually function, has to be connect connected to his network. So I'm wondering if it's some like uh, remote processing being done. That's like they're just sending the inputs to the main oh. computer somewhere in like Kybercorp or wherever, and then that's like piping the actual hologram data to the dual disks. Stadia by Kybercorp. <laughs> but like. Uh yeah. I, I wrote a note here. The only computers that would be capable of doing that would be in, like, universities and hospitals and stuff. Is Kaiba going to, like, bust into some hospital MRI that's, like, scanning some dude and, like, be like, shut it down. I know you're running bootleg dueling software on here. I mean, yeah. This is Seto motherfucking Kaiba. <laughs> he would do that. He's coming through the windows. Like, that would be that would be the episode, right? Is, like mid serenity's eye operation he rushes in and like kicks over a computer and joey's there and he's like hey you're messing with my sister's operation and kaiba goes uh you i must defeat you in a duel in order to break this computer that's interfering with my system that sort of thing he shows up and the people are like no it's running an mri and he's like you better not be thinking about you better not be doing dueling on there it's like it's it's running a scan of a human brain and he's like <laughs> you better not be thinking about dueling this this beeping must mean that it's interfering with my satellite signal. Uh, that's his heartbeat. <laughs> what are these spikes here? It must be Exodia. <laughs> uh, five spikes, five special cards. No, he has a serious problem. That's some some bad arrhythmia there. We need to call call in the the medical team. Oh. <laughs> uh... Uh, just shot after shot of Kaiba pulling random plugs. Um, so we, we... Mokuba hits the streets and says for <laughs> uh, Kaiba to radio him when he finds Yugi. Yeah, so we narrow it down to three, basically, is what happens. And Mokuba's like, all right, I'm going in. Uh, he and he puts on says his, hits the streets. He puts on his, like, adventure gear and yeah. takes off running. He puts on his vest and his, like, official, like, whistle and stopwatch and stuff as the battle city commissioner it's it seems like this where you really remember how crazy mokuba's haircut is because he's got this like swept back kind of look but it's like waist length but all in the back he sweeps it like like up and kind of like you know and then it just meets at a point i feel like for his hair back. to be that long it will had to have been growing for longer than mokuba's been alive Right, that's the thing. He's There's like so oh, he's a hair. ten. He's a hedgehog. He's, like a... <laughs> he's got Sonic the Hedgehog hair, where it goes all the way down his back and nearly to the floor. He truly does. It's gotta go like... fast, big brother. <laughs> when will you people just... learn that actions have consequences? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so <laughs> we go back to the duel. And Arcana plays a card face down. Hmm, I think I've seen this one before. 
Yugi plays two cards face down. God, not Weird. again. Arcana plays. He doesn't, he doesn't play a card face down. He plays Beckon to the Dark. A dark. Which. <laughs> which somehow causes the sky to fill with clouds inside the circus tent underground. Uh, and then They're from. They're holographic clouds. I guess. From the clouds reaches a giant uh, Attack on Titan esque claw uh, that that sort of a big comes... meaty like arm. Yeah, a big meaty like four finger arm uh, kind of reaches down and grabs Yugi's Dark Magician. The intent is this giant claw will reach down and pluck away one monster and like take it to the graveyard. So it's right. the Wall Master from Zelda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Yugi counters with, and I did not catch the name of this card, and I could not be bothered to go back. It's Mystical... What? Mystical Ref Panel. The fuck is that? But the card art is the weirdest shit. Let me look it up. Because it doesn't really linger on it at all, is the thing. It kind of... Yugi just goes, ah, Mystical Ref Panel. Oh, it's one word. Mystical Ref Panel. Also, it's another mystical thing. Yep, yep. <laughs> There's a new drinking game for you. Anytime a card is needlessly mystical, take a drink. <laughs> okay, I'm pulling down some, like, other clips of it. Uh-huh. I think ref panel means reflective panel, and it's a portmanteau. It's a mirror. Oh. You know, ref panels that we have? Yeah, you know. Ref. You know, that thing that everyone calls it. Ref panel. It's like a winged elf holding this like ornate mirror. Yeah. There's a YouTube video titled Mystical Ref Panel, comma WTF dot 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 by Emo Tempest, posted twenty seventh September twenty thirteen. Mystical WTF uh, panel. And the caption, I'm not gonna watch the video, but the the uh, the thumbnail rather really has me intrigued because it's an arrow pointing to the middle of the mirror that the sort of elfin figure is holding. And the mirror shows, pardon me, the reflective panel shows uh, a figure sort of like yelling and like falling into the background with their arm outstretched. And the thumbnail in this video is an arrow pointing to that with the text saying, Jaden? So I think the theory is that this character is... Jaden from, from Yu-Gi-Oh! GX from Generation Yu-Gi-Oh! Next. GX and if you look at the zoom in I'm zooming and then the pull up panel. a picture of Jaden Yuki from, from Yu-Gi-Oh! Generation Next I can kind of see it yeah. Yeah. I thought his hair was going to be a little spikier. So I'm going to say that looks like a hood that the person is in. Yeah, Not but it's certainly a big pompadour. But in the hood, you've got like a couple of different tones of hair. Anyway, it's not important. Uh, what is important is that mystical Refpanel <laughs> ref uh, counters uh, the the claw, uh, counters the dark beckoning. Uh, and then Arcana counters the counter with a card called Nightmare Chains, which binds Dark Magician and allows him to attack Yugi's life points directly. Uh, Nightmare Chains, 
How would you, pardon me, nightmares, nightmare apostrophe S chains. How would you describe this card? Uh, the a whole bunch of chains come out as you might expect sure. from nightmares uh-huh. change. And chains, chains, chains made of nightmares. Yeah. Um, pardon me, chains like belonging to wrap, nightmares. Um, all around dark magician, and then uh-huh. uh, he's crucified. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of basically it. Yeah, um, he's pulled up onto a giant metal cross uh, and dies for your sins. I mean, Tyler, I'm gonna send you this shot from uh, the show. Oh boy! But the Japanese version of this, see, in our four kids version, um, it kind of forms this like big metal kite that the dark magician is bound to. But in the Japanese what version, what the fuck is this real? This is real. I Holy. had a feeling when I saw uh, the pose he was in, but he is one hundred percent strapped to the cross. Oh my! Like this is like Catholic crucifix shit right here. Yes. This is intense. You were joking, but I was. Dark I was one hundred percent joking. For your sins. Oh my god! This is like. This is not appropriate for television. This is the first thing I'm glad that they've censored. You don't think kids would react well being like six years old and seeing the dark magician being chained by rusty chains to the cross? Well, son, it's about time we had a talk about letting the dark magician into your heart. Uh, Trust the heart of the cards. Wowzers, Bowsers, gee, I can't. What the? I, I, I'm completely left speechless by this. I, uh, yeah. So they basically they turn it into in the um in the translation in the in the the localization they turn it into a giant kite. Yeah. They put they put essentially a a big backing on the cross, which you would saying that you would think like, ah, oh, you can still totally see the cross, but it's an entirely different effect. Yes. Yeah, obviously made to disguise the shape of the cross. It's a big, it's, you know, it's, you know, it's a kite shape. It has the T in the middle, but you can't see it. It's all the same shade of metal. Right. Uh, so Arcana's dark magician takes this opportunity to attack Yugi directly bringing Yugi down to 1,500 life points, just, just like Arcana. I found this shot in the manga, and it's even scarier, I think. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm not ready. My body is not ready. Oh, what the fuck? G- what? Okay, so this goes this goes a step and a half further, Jimmy, because this picture is wild. So, uh, okay, so step number one, uh, strap Dark Magician to a cross. Chain Dark Magician to the cross. Ch- chain thank you uh still for some reason holding his staff not quite sure about that um the cross now has spikes on it uh so at the it has like bowser spikes at the extremities of either sort of arm uh and spikes around where the knees go so he can't actually straighten his legs because there are spikes there uh and then up past the head the cross being crucified wasn't dangerous enough, so they added some saw blades. Yeah, so it's got like axes to the sides that aren't really gonna hurt him, but then it's got this giant ass buzz saw that looks like it's gonna come down on his fucking face. Oh yeah, look, it's in a like a notch. There's a channel it can run down to like slice his yeah. head in twain. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you zoom in, you can see that the cross is not just straight metal. It actually looks to be built into or maybe as part of like a demon skeleton. There's like a skull with horns coming out oh, of yeah. it. There's some like evil skulls emerging from this cross for good measure. Just, you know, why not? Hey, if you're going to build your... <laughs> oh, there's one. If you look down at the feet, uh, that one has a unicorn horn. That yeah, is a human a skull of, with a unicorn horn. There's a couple of like weird skulls popping out of this thing. I mean, if you're going to build a giant metal cross anyway, you might as well have some fun with it, I suppose. But, oh, wow. I, you know what? This definitely okay awoke some things and some kids. I think it did. I'm okay with this being censored personally because I don't need that kind of <laughs> that kind of trauma to, uh, to happen that in kind my, of filth my early in your life. life. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, it, Power Rangers was violent enough, thank you. Uh... So, okay, so Yugi's life points go down. This is basically what happened. What's that? I used to have recurring nightmares about Professor Ooze. Oh, yes, Ivan Ooze. Yeah, from the second Power Rangers movie when I was like four years old. And the recurring nightmare was that he came into my house and trapped all of my family members up against the wall with his ooze, except that, like he does in the movie, except that he trapped them and their heads and faces and they all suffocated to death that's a scary nightmare yeah you know uh lauren for a lot of reasons i'm really glad that you did not see the original version of this episode because i feel like that would have added some uh some details to that so uh all of that said the dark energy disc gets closer to yugi as his life points go down it's effectively a reversal of what happened in the previous episode where arcana's life points went down and the dark energy disc got closer to him tyler i've made a terrible mistake i have google image searched ivan ooze and there's Uh a lot of photos of him from the show uh down a few ways there is a uh custom pair of underwear that has a picture of ivan ooze with a, a burst of pink color all around the crotch. And it says, let's get sticky. <sighs> Jimmy, for completely unrelated reasons, can you send that to me? <laughs> Not for anything in particular. <laughs> I would be happy to. I'm going to open try- this in an incognito window so I don't <laughs> get fucking weird shit in my <laughs> targeted ads. Trying to figure out what to send you as a, uh, as a housewarming gift. Uh, so, uh, Taya and Grandpa, we, we cut to them outside. They've stopped running. Uh, they're at some kind of statue. They still have no clue where Yugi is, uh, but they do see, uh, who else but Mokubakaiba running up to them saying, hey, we've narrowed it down. I basically know where he is. Uh, follow me. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Uh, there's, Kaiba there's just a found line... him. He calls his own brother Kaiba, which I thought was weird. That, that was weird to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That... It's kind of like, I, I don't know, like you start calling yourself by a nickname and then you tell your parents like, hey, please start calling me this. And then you just need just a little bit of encouraging and then it's just stuck, right? I think he's kind of done that with his last name, which is fine. Uh, so they follow Mokuba and then we cut back to the duel. My boss's husband's name is Moose. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> she calls him Moose. And I'm like, is that a last name? Or is that just no, a nickname? No, that's just a nickname that everyone calls him. I assume huh. his given name that his parents gave him is not Moose. I mean, 
you know, ne- never underestimate a, a child of hippies, but huh. That's a new one. Kind of the same thing, I guess. I In a way. Where uh, even if your own brother is calling you by your last name, something has gone wrong. Or right, or depending right. on how you feel about your first name. Uh, so Yugi, back of the duel, Yugi plays Big Shield Gardena in defense mode. Because that's what Big Shield Gardena does. He's a big shield. And a Gardena. And a Gardena. <laughs> Which always makes me think that he should have like a rake or something. Yeah. He's a Gardener. Hey, hey, I'm Gardener here. That's exactly what I think whenever I see it. Uh, Arcana, in uh, in response, plays the Doll of Demise, which is that creepy marionette that we had on the show a while back. Then a card that I haven't seen before called Ectoplasmer. So Ectoplasmer drains a monster of its life force. You slimed me. And... <laughs> And it turns that slime into dark energy, which it can fire directly at their opponent. So, as Arcane is explaining this, and Jimmy, I'm going to need your help on this one. As Arcane is explaining this, we don't get a shot of Yugi looking worried. We get a shot of Arcana's dark magician looking worried. Yes, the holographic dark magician. Like, breaks out in a cold sweat and starts like, kind of slowly looking behind him, like not turning his head, just like with his eyes, just like, uh, what's, huh? You're going to turn what into who now? Yeah, and he, there was a sentence that Arcanus had like a second previously where he says something along the lines of, okay, once I'm done with this, I won't even need my cards anymore. I'll discard them. I don't care. I'll never pick them up again. Yeah, that's kind of what happens, uh, I think right after maybe the spiel about ectoplasma, um, where he essentially explains like, I am the master of these cards. These cards, you don't need to love the cards. The cards need to fear you. They are your pawns. Like this dark magician means nothing to me. It's just a means to an end. I might as well like. And once I get there, I'll get rid of them. So right. like, are the monsters that are being hollow projected like Toy Story toys where they need to be played with? To feel anything? I mean, kind of, right? Because we do get this long shot of Dark Magician being like, uh, Did I don't I know just about hear this. Say that? Uh, so Arcana drains Doll of Demise and sends that energy at Yugi, bringing him down to 700 life points. And Yugi, and, like, uh, reacts for a good, like, 10 seconds, going like, ah, and then the light gets all inverted. And then his Dark Magician looks over him at him, worried. Right, exactly. So again, Dark Magician's showing some sort of sentience. Uh, Arcana activates Ectoplasma again uh, and uh, turns Dark Magician into uh, goo and prepares to shoot that dark energy at Yugi. He creates Gooigi to go out and fight ghosts. I mean, kind of, in a way, because what happens is the dark energy shoots out and in slow motion, it's it's going to Yugi, and then uh, Yugi's Dark Magician summons all of his magical energy, turns the the sign of the cross into this giant glowing thing, uh, and the the yellow glow sort of flies over 
and blocks the attack. Dark Magician dies for your sins. I mean, I think that's a t-shirt right there. Like, we, we need to start selling some merch. Uh, Yugi then reveals that when there's more than one monster of the same name on the field, Ectoplasma treats them in the exact same way. So when Ectoplasma was played on Arcana's Dark Magician, he was actually also playing it on Yugi's Trapped Dark Magician, and they Ectoplasma gooified each other because that's a logical thing that would happen. And Yugi mocks him and says that that's what he gets for, like, not caring about his cards and, like, not getting to know his cards and see what they can do. He doesn't care or love his cards, and so that's why he is going to lose. Yep. And that's the end of the episode. To be continued. So, yeah, so the, the episode sort of fades out with Arcana being like, well, fine, I don't have to care about my cards. You're still one attack away from dying. Ha ha, eat shit. Uh, and, uh, yeah, then we fade to black. Jimmy, what was your favorite part of this episode? I was thinking about that. And I think my favorite part of this episode... There's not much. There's not a whole lot to go off of there, but I do appreciate just how ridiculous this whole scenario is. Because um, I was reminded of this in the intro, too, when we see the dark cultists, like, with their glowing evil eyes and their dark cloaks. And then they mm. all have the freaking dual discs, and they raise their, <laughs> their cards, and they're like, oh, yeah, they're playing a children's card game. Just right. that... And the concept of this crazy magician needing to, like, brainwash his ex-girlfriend uh, by joining this cult and fighting a kid in a card game. And he's, like, already also trapped the kid in this, like, ridiculous buzzsaw contraption while they're playing the card game. Uh, right. Just this whole thing was, reminded me of how ridiculous this cartoon is and how ridiculous cartoons can be in general. Yeah. That's a that's a good one. If you have to pick something that's going for this episode, I think that would kind of be it. It's nonsensical. Yeah. And plays it completely straight. There's no messing around here. It does. That's true. There's never a point where, where they're like, you know, grinning at the camera or, or, hey, or card sort of playing games, it down. Am I right? Yeah. Huh. Man, okay. That makes me have to think about what my favorite is. <laughs> You can just go ahead and say nothing. I don't mind. Uh, no, no, no. There's going to be something. Uh, you know, because I, I think... I... Mm. Okay. Here is my favorite. In my head, my, my head cannon, that... Uh, satellite scene with the red dots, mm-hmm. totally fake. You think the, the control room girls are messing with him? Oh, yeah. The control room girls are like, yeah, okay, sure, we'll totally do that scan of a real thing that, that we can do. Uh-huh, yep, computers can definitely do this. Uh, hey, uh, Stacy, do you want to just put a dot on that creepy carnival tent that we saw Yugi go into on the actual satellite camera that we have. Uh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's put some. Let's let's put a few random ones around. Let's make them work for it. Yeah, just pull up all the uh, the Pizza Huts and one <laughs> uh, weird creepy tent. Because 
that definitely had to happen, right? Like they have satellite. They have. They've literally said that they have satellites. Mm-hmm. They're monitoring everything. They know all of Yugi's whereabouts leading up to this point. They could just be like, okay, let's do Yugi's last known location minus one. Triangulate him and compare that with uh, where we know there's a computer running our ridiculous card game simulation software. Not even the computer, right? Like, we're going back to the whole trapdoor thing. Just be like, okay, where was he last? Uh, and, uh, oh, what's that? Oh, weird. Oh, a construction scene. Uh, construction site, I mean. Uh, that's now a really creepy circus tent? Huh. Oh, that's strange. I wonder, uh, could it be there? Nah. How far can uh, a human male run in the span right. of, like, two minutes or however long it was when they reported him missing? Okay. Draw that no, radius I take it back. on the map. He's within there. I take it back. My actual favorite is Commissioner Mokuba. <laughs> Yet again, going into action, leaping it to duty, uh, and somehow appearing across town at a moment's notice <laughs> is choice television. Can you imagine if he actually, like, I assume next episode he's going to stumble upon this scene, but can you imagine that happening in, a re- in real life? Like a little kid, like a six-year-old child, busting into a freaking saw ask torture chamber and being like i'm here to stop you you can't play that card game you're doing it illegally and this person is like just standing there with a buzzsaw in hand about to murder someone and be like dang you got me <laughs> wasn't there talk about making a, a live action encyclopedia brown movie because i feel like that's what that is <laughs> was there that'd probably be, that'd be really good i mean Except for the whole thing about being like a blue line, like cop sympathizer. But uh, you know what? I think it could work. You think it could work? I think it could work. Uh, So that's my favorite, I think, is is Commissioner Mokuba, especially when we have a scene of like Taya and Grandpa being winded. Uh, And then seeing Mokuba being like, on your left. Yeah, he just happens to show up in the same part of this giant city at the same time. Right. Uh, so yeah, and they're like, so that's, "We're that's... looking for Yugi," and he's like, "What a coincidence! I know exactly where he is because my brother just radioed me, and we happen to be standing right in front of where he is." And my magic power is being in the right place at the right time, every time, without fail. <laughs> he's uh, the six-year-old Usain Bolt. That's his third power. Ah, oh, that's it. What's your least favorite part? There was so much of this episode that I know we talk about a lot. How there's duels that don't matter at all. There's uh-huh. entire parts of this duel that don't matter at all because they just completely revert it to how it was before. The whole thing with having two dark magicians attack and then kill each other, and they both bring them back, and they both bring kill each other again. It's just the mm-hmm. same thing over and over and over again. And I feel like they just needed an entire episode's worth of content to stuff in between these other episodes. And they're like, we literally have nothing. Just have them do the same thing and return to the same place. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much the only progression in this episode dual wise is at the very end when there's no more dark magicians on the field. Yeah. And Yugi loses some life points. Right. Ta-da. You did it. Yugi. That took five seconds for us to describe. <laughs> you, you could have had this entire episode be in the next episode's recap. And and still have space left over. Yeah. 
There's a lot more you could do. Very true. Very true. What would you do with this episode? If you could rewrite this episode, what would you put in there? Granted, we haven't seen next week's episode, so I don't know. We might we might dip into that a little bit. I would have Yugi escape the trap and then somehow okay. get back into the trap because to show that this guy is actually good at like trickster illusion nonsense. Oh, you mean Arcana? Arcana, yeah. Have Arcana get out of the trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, have I like Arcana, that. Yugi get out of Arcana's trap. Arcana just stays where he is the whole time and, be, and is like, okay. here, here, I know exactly what he's going to do. Right. And like Yugi is like trying to get through this like fun house of terror and it ends up like falling in another trap door that takes him right back down to the beginning. Ooh. And so Arcana can be like, no matter what you do, you'll always be trapped here. And the only way out is by dueling me. I like that so much. I would love to see a, um, you brought up like a fun house. You remember the labyrinth episode? Oh yeah. That, but a hall of mirrors. Full of different monsters that he would have to duel. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. Okay. There's so much Yu-Gi-Oh. Somebody's got to have done this, right? There's so much Yu-Gi-Oh. There's so much Yu-Gi-Oh. This exists. What was your worst? I mean, can I say the whole thing? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, my worst... Uh, you know, okay. So I think I think my worst, honestly, is Arcana's backstory. I wanted to like this guy. Like, I really wanted to be like, oh, wow. Like, he, he had a different career... Something went south, uh, and now he is turning to, to dueling as sort of a means to an end. That's really interesting. Uh, I hate that he's like, oh, mind control my girlfriend to be in love with sure, me Sure, okay. Cool. Sign me up. Because that's just so, like, you know, the game, like, Mr. E, Art of Seduction, like, so let's just skip straight to mind control. Yeah, there's no agency for his girlfriend in this scenario and it's absolutely horrible that he would like choose that for her and it's not even him doing the mind control no. thing so it's no agency for her and no agency for him it's just having this third party mind control this person for him like what if uh merrick's uh plan was like okay if you join my cult uh i will like use magic to repair your face so you can go back onto the stage again and be with your girlfriend again Right. Or, uh, you know, hey, if you win this duel, uh, I'll pay you a lot of money so that you have time to go and workshop a bunch of new tricks and become a famous magician again. Yeah, get back to your roots. Let's get you back on your feet, you know? Yeah. But no, he's like, brainwashing this girl that I'm ostensibly in love with. Sure. Let's do that. Right. right. Great plan. Yeah, I'll join your cult. Uh, The other thing that bothers me, and this this is maybe an addendum to being my worst is so there's a lot of talk about trusting the heart of the cards right mm-hmm. and how arcana won't win because his heart isn't in his deck uh which is a sentence you really have to say carefully i'm noticing um so this deck was built uh ostensibly after arcana's career as a as an illusionist right this is not he, he's not a lifelong duelist no Merrick leads a cult known as the Rare Hunters. Yeah, why did they why need didn't they, this guy? Why didn't they build him a better deck? 
like he should just be tearing like like just wiping the floor with Yugi, right? Like tearing him a new yeah. one with all these rare cards. It's like why would and also why would Merrick choose a magician to learn to play dual monsters with this insanely right. powerful deck? It's like in I think it was the core was that movie? No, Deep Impact. Whichever. There was a quote. It was like someone asked um, Michael Bay, why would they send oil riggers to learn how to uh, be astronauts instead of telling teaching an astronaut how to like drill a hole? And he's like, right, shut right, the fuck right. up. <laughs> Same thing. Why would you get this magician to play duel monsters instead of finding a really, really good duelist uh, and teach him a few crazy tricks? And it's not even like you could say, like, well, I, I, wanted a, I wanted a man with nothing left to lose. Like, yeah, that's like every duelist, dude. Like, Everyone has their own tragic backstory. I mean, pretty much, right? Like, if we really get down to it. You can't throw a stick without tripping over a bunch of freaking edgy duelists who have nothing left to lose. There's yeah, lots of people I mean, who will join your cult in exchange for some cards. Everyone's a loose cannon cop if you, if you if you really search for them. So I don't know. So that's that's sort of an addendum to my worst. Is like this piece of shit just shouldn't be on television. Also, why are great a... voice work? Here's a great question. voice work. Piece of shit character. Yes. What's your question? Why didn't Merrick just use his Millennium Rod to brainwash Arcana instead of going through this whole deal thing? I. Uh... <sighs> Just be like, hey, you're good at magic. Work for me. No, okay. It doesn't even have to be that. If they're being brainwashed by Merrick, it could just be the next dude that walks through the door, right? Like, pick somebody random off the street. Yeah, here's mind control abilities. Um, I'm really good at cards, so now you're really good at cards. Go duel. Ta-da! <laughs> like, you know, we've all seen Gamer. Probably very few of us have seen Gamer. <laughs> I have not seen Gamer, but I'm familiar don't, with the concept. Don't watch Gamer. Uh, you know, we, we know that, or, or, or rather, rather, we've all played uh, uh, Assassin's Creed. It's not necessarily about the, uh, the, the skills of the vessel, but, you know, it has to be skills of the pilot as well. Maybe that's a bad example because there's some bleed effect there. But anyway, uh, fuck this guy. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. He's an a-hole. Really wish he wasn't in the show anymore. I guess he, that makes him a good villain, but eh. uh, I guess I don't know. I'm not. I'm unconvinced. There's still no reason, though, why he would also put his own soul at risk, other than uh, to be yeah. like a trick, because he's yep. a magician and he wants to do a little performance. Yep. That's yep. That's probably it. Do you want to talk about our monster bracket? That's monster bracket. It's time for the monster bracket. Should I do the intros this week? Sure. I'll do the intros this week. In this corner, in a world of potato-headed people, one hero rises to fight the darkness. It's Swordsman of Landstar. Yay, Swordsman! And in the other corner, finally, the murderer of Magenta, the Wizard of Wonder. He needs no introduction, but we're giving him one anyway. It's Dark Magician. Yay! Hey, we just saw that guy die. 
we just saw i know that guy it's that, that guy. guy died for my sins uh dark magician is a dark spellcaster normal monster with 2500 attack and 2100 defense whereas swordsman of landstar is a level three warrior normal monster with 500 attack and 1200 defense jimmy i know we just saw dark magician but let's talk about his look first okay what's going on with this purpley dude he is wearing uh, a robe that you would get at Hot Topic. Uh, oh, yep, accurate. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It is purple. It's like a bodysuit, and then like a weird hoodie type deal over it, where there's a giant pointed hood that's in the shape of his giant pointed hat. Yep. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of it's it's a two part thing going on, right? Because yeah. there's the robe, which is like a like a sleeveless robe i guess for lack of a better description with that giant pointed hood because he's and then doing the a pose rest, the rest is a purple latex bodysuit it is a purple latex bodysuit with like piping yeah it's like i'm trying to find out what would describe the weird pipes on the side of his clothes but it's like i keep going back to breath of the wild it's like the little squigglies on all the ancient chica stuff yeah, it's yeah, like that's a Tron lines, right? That's kind of where my mind goes, um, or like, uh, like embossing on an old book. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so there's that. There's a big pointy hat. Uh, try. Can you describe the staff for me? I I don't really know how to put the words to that. It's a thin, um, like a greenish yellow, I think. Um, let's see how to describe the end of it. It's a staff. Uh-huh. One end has got like almost like an oar, like the end of an oar that you grab it by, or maybe it's pointy. I don't know. But the other end is like uh, a scoop. Yeah, you're talking about the end. Yeah, yeah, like the What's the, that the butt end. The with the the scoops. It's like a highlight scoop. Yeah, it looks like a highlight scoop on the end of a pole. Oh, you're talking about the top, like closest to his hand? Yeah, that part is the highlight yeah. scoop. The other end That's, is the, like, thank the you. oar grabby part. Right, right, right. Thank you. That's exactly it. It is, uh, and you're going to be so proud of me here. Um, hang on, hang on. Let me let me Google uh, uh, Vamp for me real quick. Uh, it is, it's a sport that you're going to be intimately familiar with. Uh, me? It is a Colhe staff. I'm trying to remember what they look like. Yeah, kinda. Kinda. I can't I can't believe that I'm the person making a bionicle reference this episode. <laughs> um it is uh for those of you listening, uh, so it's K-O-L-H-I-I. Uh, the Kohli Tournament of Matanui was held in the newly built Takoro Kohli Stadium. Uh, it's essentially, it is lacrosse mixed with highlight. Kind of, uh, yeah. Where you have a, a two-sided staff. Everyone has these staffs that are, this is a completely f- fictional sport, by the way, from Bionicle. No, this is very real. It's a very real sport from Bionicle, which are also very real. Uh, but they all have staffs that have like a big grabby claw on one end. That's like those things that you pick up trash with. And the uh, other end uh, is a big hammer. And so they chase... With like a spike on the other yeah. end. And so they chase the ball around and knock it around and try and grab it with their staff and carry it to the goal. 
and that's exactly what Dark Magician's carrying. Yep. Uh, there are a couple of different versions of Dark Magician art. Uh, one has the purple costume. Another one has like a black and red costume. There's a lot of variations in the card art. Card art. Uh, I think the black and red costume is the the evil Dark Magician from this episode. Right. Yeah. Uh, not the, necessarily the one, evil, but just uh, you know, Shishomaru mi- color. Misunderstood. Right. Uh, the, the, the purple one has this like circle behind him, this green with gold, uh, accents that looks like, um, Um, unknowns from Pokemon. Oh yeah, a little bit. It's basically like a magic rune symbol. And then the, the other one, which I, it won't let me zoom close enough in, but it looks like it's got those stone pillars from the, uh, the ancient Egypt museum. Oh yeah. One of those tablets. Yeah, it's like a giant cuneiform tablet, basically. Uh, but anyway, so that's pretty cool. Uh, how about... Uh, 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 Swordsman of Landstar. There it is. You know, that completely memorable name that a character has. Swordsman of Landstar. Let's Tell talk me about, about this art. Uh, this guy looks like he would be the protagonist in a real shitty knockoff Mario game. That yes. came out in, like, 1992. Yes, this is the protagonist of a Super Nintendo uh, franchise. Yeah. This is like... he He's not someone's like... He's not the Sonic the Hedgehog tomorrow, but he would be like Bubsy. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is... This is... was Because Bubsy was Nintendo, right? Or Bubsy was Genesis. I don't remember what Bubsy was. Anyway, no so this is the, this is the other console's response to Bubsy, is what yeah. this is. We need our own little like Link swordsman character. Uh, let's make him a little potato-headed man. You know, I could see I could see there being a pretty successful game coming out of Swordsman of Landstar. It'd be it'd be one of those where like they make a really successful game and get the studio gets bought out, mm-hmm. and then they give the game to another studio to make two less successful sequels of. He looks. You want to describe his face? It's like a little blob. Yeah, picture the slime from Dragon Quest. Uh, but what if it was flesh colored? Yeah, but what if it was made of skin? Um, and the, the it's the facial expression that gets me, Jimmy, because it's like calm. It's it's serene yeah. in a way. Yeah, and it has this tiny little mouth, but it's calm. And maybe this is just mixed with the pose. I'm going to try and cover the body here. Nope, no, no. Even without the body, you still kind of get this feeling of like, I'm, I'm going to be chill about this, but I'm going to eat you. <laughs> you know, it just has this like calm sort of like, I'm going to fuck shit up right now. Does this look like the face of mercy? <laughs> I'm going to drive this blade into your skull. <laughs> um, what the hell is he wearing? God, I don't know. I'm kind of picture. I mean, you said you said Link from Legend of Zelda, which is not far off. It seems it's like a knockoff Link. There's like a purple tunic with like green accents. It's not the uh-huh. best color scheme. But then there's like no. a bajillion belts strapped around him. Yeah, like leather, which really like leather belts really lets you know it's a Yu-Gi-Oh property. <laughs> All the belts. All the belts. The sword is hilarious to me because the sword is maybe as wide as it is tall. Yeah, it's a very girthy sword. Uh oh, that's a uh huh. <laughs> that's a word. Uh, 
Uh, but there's also a sheath for it, which is the same shape. Yeah, hanging off and his back there. It doesn't seem like the sword would be able to fit into the sheath because the the mouth is narrower. The than tip of the, the sword, sword is as wide as the hilt, but between those two points, it just like narrows to like regular sword width. Right, right. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, so... and he's carrying a shield with his own face on it. <laughs> That's the other thing. I think maybe this is like, is that just the face that everyone of this sort of race has? You know what uh, he looks like? Huh. He looks like if you took a Goomba from Mario and gave him yeah. like a full person's body underneath the like head part. That's what it is. That's what it is. If you pick a Goomba up and shook it. <laughs> Where's your legs? <laughs> I know you've got a body under there. Uh, the, the text on Swords of the Landstar says, An amateur with a sword, this fairy warrior relies on its mysterious powers. I have never seen a fairy depicted like this before. Yeah, I would not have picked out that this is a fairy. Also, there don't seem to be any mysterious powers <laughs> on display have any on powers. this card. That's why they're so mysterious. <laughs> I've heard he's got powers. What kind of what kind of powers are they? I don't know. So mysterious. It's because he doesn't have any power. It's like uh have you ever read the Xanth novels? No. By Piers Anthony? Spears Anthony is like a, you know, he's done sci-fi and fantasy and stuff. I, I haven't read most of the work. I hear a lot of it's meh, meh. Uh, the first book of this this series called Xanth, X-A-N-T-H, uh, is called A Spell for Chameleon. Uh, and it's about a magical land called Xanth, which is similar to, but for copyright purposes, different from uh, Florida. <laughs> Uh, and everyone fantasy in it Florida. has a magical power. Yeah, right. It's fantasy Florida. Everyone in it has a magical power. Uh, and because of, and it's unique, right? Everyone has a, a special magical power that is unique to them. And because there are so many people now, the magic powers get down to what's called spot on the wall variety, which is, for example, your magical power is to create a spot on that wall. Ta-da! Magic. Uh, There's so many people just sort of watered down the magic. So it's not exactly, exactly. Speaking of actually, so there's one character whose magical power is to change the color of his pee, (laughs) which isn't an issue until uh, as sort of a coming of age ceremony, he has to prove to the council of elders that he has a magical power. So So he has has to to prove it in front of them. Yeah. 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 Um, so there's a, there's a character, the main character named Bing. That would actually be kind of fun though. If you were like hiking in the snow, you could write your name in one color and then like do an accent with another color and do a full thing of calligraphy in different colors with your P. I mean, that would take some talent and good hydration, and but a sure. gallon jug. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> so the main character's name is Bink and Bink does not appear to have a magical power. Uh, I'm not going to spoil the book for you, but Swordsman of Landstar is basically what if the book didn't have an ending and Bink just never had a magical power? Because <laughs> he goes on this whole quest to be like, well, I must have something. I just can't see it yet. Uh, what if it's just like, nah. You can't. That's your power. You don't. <laughs> so, so okay. So on that note, so let me read the text for Dark Magician real quick. Uh, oh, Okay. Uh, reminder, Swordsman of Landstar says, uh, this fairy warrior relies on its mysterious powers. 
Dark Magician says, the ultimate wizard in terms of attack and defense. (laughs) So, questionable magic powers or the ultimate wizard? You decide. (laughs) The absolute master Uh, of all magic. Unparalleled in his field. Or some ding-dong who just picked up a sword and wants to go questing. Tyler, I'll tell you this right now. I don't give a shit about Swordsman of Landstar. No, neither do I. I was going to try to play devil's advocate there. I'm like, well, you know, his potato face does seem to have some sort of allure. Uh, You know, maybe it's those calm eyes or his aviator goggles. No, his big gross cheeks Um, mock me. (laughs) He looks like like Boss Nass. (laughs) He does. Boss Nass has got the huge cheek pouches. Yeah, with as powerful and as famous and as cool as Dark Magician is and looks, we have to give it to him. We have to, is the thing. It's like it's like with Blue Eyes White Dragon. We can't just not move Blue like Dark Magician to the next round, right? Like we it's it's in our contract for for, you know, all intents and purposes. Yeah, we would have it, people yelling at us if we didn't move him on. Right. For good reason. For good reason. What kind of dumbasses would we be if we didn't move Dark Magician forward? <laughs> Piss off, Swordsman at, of Landstar. There's a there's a selfie section on the website, right? Which, again, y'all, if you're listening to the show and have not uploaded at least one selfie to this website, you, you, you just, you gotta, you gotta is the thing. Uh, there are people here who are just stoked to be holding Dark Magician is the thing. Uh, and there are several people who are holding both Dark Magician and Blue Eyes White Dragon. So I feel like really that's a sign, if nothing else, that this card needs to advance. Yeah, and there, there, no one likes Swordsman of Landstar. No one has taken a selfie with him. No, no one. Now, I do also want to point out uh, Blue Eyes White Dragon and Dark Magician are on opposite sides of the bracket. So... There is a world in which they would face off, but that would have to be the final match. It might come down to that. It might come down to that is the thing, but I'm looking at everything else on this side of the bracket. So we've got Karibo. Uh, oh, uh, congratulations, Dark Magician. Yay. yay, yay. Uh, we've got Karibo. Uh, we've got Kisatai. Uh, Kisatai wouldn't win. Uh, and we've got Fortress Whale. I was thinking about, I'm we... holding out for my boy Fortress Whale. And we've got Beta the Magnet Warrior on the side of the bracket. Our sweet lad. Whereas, so against against Blue Eyes White Dragon, who are the big contenders here? I'm looking at the left-hand side. Uh, uh, I mean, nothing, really. We've got, like, Rogue Doll, Gaia the Fierce Knight. Oh, Dark Magician Girl is on the left side of the bracket. Celtic Guardian. But like those are the kind of the biggest players. This is going to be a tough few weeks for us, I think. Well, it'll make us some good matchups, or some extremely lopsided ones, depending <laughs> on how the, the battle between extremely one-sided uh, matchups. Yeah, depending on how the battle between Cockroach Knight and Sonic Maid goes. I don't know. <laughs> Between Dark uh, Magician and a hand <laughs> that's flipping you the viewer <laughs> off. Which one of these are we going to vote for? Gee, I wonder. <laughs> so, uh, 
Next up, uh, next week, just to prepare you, Jimmy, uh, we are going to be talking about Gear Golem, the Moving Fortress, and DD Warrior. Oh, all right. Uh, who I'm choosing to believe is is just the character from Dexter's Lab. Duck um, Dynasty Warrior. Oh, there it is. Uh, all right. If y'all, you, the listener, the lovely, lovely listener, want to get in touch with us, please email us. You activated my podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to follow along with our nonsense online, uh, you can find us at yampod. That's Y A M P O D on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I am looking for emails. Please, please, please email me things that sound like Yu Gi Oh cards but are not Yu Gi Oh cards. We want to do a new segment where uh, we see if Lauren can determine what is a Yu Gi Oh card, what is something that you sent us, and then what's shit we made up on the spot. Uh, I have had received no submissions yet, Aww. so please email me. Uh, you activated my podcast at gmail.com. You can go to our website, heartofthe.cards. You can see the bracket. It's linked on every post, heartofthe.cards slash bracket. Uh, Jimmy, is there anything else that you want to plug this week? Nope. My other podcast is on hiatus uh, and probably will be for a while because our DM is getting married. Oh, well, congratulations. Tyler, this is uh, going to... yeah. This is so exciting. Uh, it's our DM is going to have her wedding in a in a Guardian Games. Oh shit! Yeah, our DM Sam is going to have a steampunk themed lesbian wedding at a game store. That's what I'm, and it's on Halloween. It's called the Halloween <laughs> wedding. <laughs> what? Holy shit! That sounds amazing. So I am so excited to go to some thrift store and kid out a full steampunk getup and go to yeah, you, a gay wedding on Halloween. You gotta bring your A game there, but I you need gotta, to you step gotta custom it up. make some shit. Yeah, I was gonna be like a bio robot from Chernobyl or something, but that's going straight out the window. I need to get myself no, a brown top hat with some damn cogs yeah, on it. Anchors away on your dirigible. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Well, that's very exciting. So we won't probably won't have another bit of podcast for a while there on that front. Other that's things okay. Are All right. Uh, speaking of other things happening, uh, we make this show for free. Please take the money that you might spend on a Patreon or a donation. Uh, if you enjoy the show at all, send even a dollar will do uh, to places that can really use it, such as the Yellowhammer Fund, Trans Lifeline, and Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. Um, this week as well, uh, there is the, and I'm going to get the name of this wrong and I didn't write it down. I'm so sorry. There is the, uh, uh, climate strike, uh, that's happening, uh, all over the world. Uh, if you just Google those words, climate strike, um, it might be, am I getting it right? Global climate strike. I know I was missing a word in there. Uh, that is going to be happening, uh, just in the week that this episode comes out. Uh, partake if you're the kind of person who partakes in that sort of thing uh if you're not the kind of person who partakes give uh because that is the best way to support causes that actually matter instead of dumbass podcasts like ours yeah yelling um, into the void <laughs> right uh next week we're gonna be talking about season two episode 13 well, is it gonna be next week because both of us are moving next week that's an excellent question next episode next let's episode say, we're going to wing it a little I'd bit. I'd like to be able to podcast that week at some point, but it may be difficult and echoey. It may it may be difficult and echoey. Jimmy is going to be moving the day before Lauren and I are moving. 
Uh, and there's just going to be all sorts of stuff going on. So if we don't release an episode next week, please forgive us. Uh, but the next episode that we do do, uh, that you do so well, uh, the next episode that we record will be season two, episode 13. Ooh. Uh, Jimmy, can you guess the name of the next episode? <sighs> Is it Master of Magicians Part 3? You guessed it, buddy. Yeah. Yep. It's going to be Part 3 of the Master of Magicians oh, trilogy. Oh, I did notice in the preview at the uh, when Netflix makes the screen go tiny at the end and gives you the preview uh-huh. for the next episode. You know who we're going to be seeing next episode for the first time in Yu-Gi-Oh! Dark Magician Girl. Is Wait. Is this the first appearance of Dark Magician Girl? This is going to be the first appearance of Dark Magician Girl next week. That doesn't seem right to me, but I believe you. Holy shit. Long time, first time. Okay, well, that's exciting. Let's uh, do that Yeah. next time. On this podcast. Right here. Not right now. Until next time. Arcana's Mystic Tomato is a weak defense. <laughs>